Hi there, it's Cameron Vakilian with Inspire, the podcast where we discuss what makes a successful career and why. For this episode, I'm happy to welcome Dr. Dan Moseson, career coach for the U Career Success Center at the University of Utah, to talk about professional networking. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Cameron. Good to be with you. I haven't been behind a mic in a while, but it's <laughs> it's good to be back. Well, earlier you demonstrated an amazing NPR voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can get into why that is in a, in a little bit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dan is a career coach for students in the College of Humanities. He serves as VP of Volunteers for the Northern Utah Chapter of the Project Management Institute and is the creator and photographer for Moose Mind Photography. With a background in religious studies, Dan has helped many humanities students discover a wide range of careers. And I'm so honored to talk about networking with you, a subject that I know you've coached a lot of people on. And one of the things I admire about you is your collaboration skills, your work with our college, the Project Management Institute, and you are leading a networking workshop later this spring. Yes. So my first question for you, Dan, is how has the landscape of professional networking evolved And what advice do you have for individuals looking to make authentic connections in a primarily virtual environment? So like many things with the virtual world, the pandemic accelerated things that were already happening. So Zoom and virtual networking that already existed, but then it really became part of everybody's lexicon when COVID happened. And a lot of that has remained. I think you know, as an upside of the pandemic, it's actually quite a positive development because networking overall is much easier now than it was before the internet. The range of people you can connect with has expanded vastly. Second, I would say LinkedIn is really your friend. It's an excellent tool. People sell it short because there is a fair amount of inauthentic behavior that goes on there. If you want to sort of get that out of your system. You can spend some time on a subreddit called, and this is the real name, LinkedIn Lunatics. And there's also a Twitter account or X called State of LinkedIn. Very entertaining. Also, uh, frankly, a good primer on what not to do. So worth checking in there if you want some fun. But really take the platform seriously. Invest the time to make a really good profile and connect with people who can expand your career horizons and help you find opportunities that really suit you. And I can help you do that. Our other career coaches can help you do that. We also have a very similar tool called Forever Utah that all students can access. It's useful for networking with alumni. Definitely check that out as well. We can walk you through that. All that said, in my experience personally, which I can talk about more in a little bit, there is a a quality to in-person networking and in-person sort of involvement with other people that is not quite present in virtual connections. And when possible, I would encourage people to seek that out. Totally. And I want to touch on alumni a little bit too, what what you mentioned, because I think that's so important, Mm -hmm. especially when you're talking about authentic connections. Mm. What are some tips or strategies you have around Mm -hmm. connecting with alumni? Okay. The Forever Utah tool is designed specifically for that. That's certainly one we can walk you through. LinkedIn also has probably its most useful feature, which is the alumni networking tool. So you go to the page for University of Utah on LinkedIn. 
the use LinkedIn account or for any other college you've been involved in most likely will have a button on their LinkedIn page that says alumni. You can click that and then you can search our alumni by all kinds of parameters, location, location specific organizations, things like that. And you can search by your major, you can search by a company you're interested in, a job title you might be interested in. I'll say it often works well. Sometimes it doesn't work that well. And we have to explore different options. But for looking on your own, I'd say that's a great tool. And then personal connections, faculty, other people you know, staff in your department may know, alums who have taken different paths. Your network is really, it includes everyone you interact with, essentially. So you can really pull on all of those threads. Definitely. And emphasis on connection, right? Because yeah. especially when we're talking about authentic connections and authentic networking, right? Mm -hmm. Is that you want to find a connecting piece for you and that mm -hmm. person you're mm -hmm. trying to network with. Right. It does no good if you're trying to blind reach out to people. You mm -hmm. don't know if there isn't some form of connection involved. So ex expand on that a little bit. Like, What are some ways that people can find connections with others? Well, if it's LinkedIn, for example, the theory behind alumni networking is that you have your alma mater in common. And I found useful networking conversations with people who graduated from Syracuse like I did. In terms of someone you want to talk to who doesn't have that in common with you, find something. I mean, it can just even be your interest in marketing, say. You can just introduce yourself and show your interest. And the thing about networking conversations is people think that they're asking something of someone. They're imposing a hardship on them. And generally speaking, they're not. You're giving them an opportunity to do something they probably want to do, which is A, help somebody, and B, talk about themselves and, and <laughs> feel, really, and feel important as a mentor and maybe pay forward what's been done for them in the past. A third way would be engaging wherever you can find like-minded people. I would say getting to know the project management world, being on the ground with PMI Northern Utah folks is how I've really gotten to know them. Doing it through Zoom would not have been the same and just having networking conversations, we wouldn't have this quality of having work together. So I think getting involved in something with people with a common interest is a helpful way to go as well. Yeah. It's such a great point that you bring up about finding those like-minded individuals, mm. right? But also that they do want to help. You oh, know, yeah. a lot of fears I see from some of my students that come in and talk to me are, well, I think they're too busy. I don't think they'd want to talk to somebody like me, or I'm worried that they're going to think weird of me by doing this. And that is just not the case. Anybody who's ever come to me to ask for an informational interview or just wanting to learn more about something. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love to be mm -hmm. able to talk about that with them because to me, here's somebody with some energy, enthusiasm around something that I can be helpful for. And oftentimes we discover that we have similar interests in something. It could even be something like your photography, for example, mm -hmm. right? Like let's say you are somebody who also loves photography and now you know Dan here on mm -hmm. this podcast. Mm -hmm. That could be an excellent thing that you start with of, hey, you are interested in a lot of the same things I'm interested in, project management, coaching, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I also love photography and I was noticing this about your LinkedIn page. And when you bring in those pieces to your networking, mm. it creates more of that authentic connection and it it'll does. go so much further. With LinkedIn, there are some 
hitches on that because unless you want to pay for a premium account, your initial outreach message is often is quite short. It's limited to 300 characters. But that's something you can certainly get into in an actual conversation with somebody. I wouldn't count out things that don't seem work-related or career-related as networking opportunities. Just going to friends. You know, I have a good friend I actually met like five years ago on a dating app. We, we talk <laughs> about career stuff now, and we never actually dated, but we're definitely useful sort of contacts for each other. It doesn't follow a neat linear pattern all the time. In fact, most of the time it doesn't. It's so true. Yeah, so many ways. And, and of course, in person too, right? There's yeah. so many of those career fairs, different networking lunch hour opportunities. I mean, really talk to different professionals out there in the field. There's various ways that you can get in front of people in more professional spaces, right? Yeah. And the power of that just in-person connection goes a long way sometimes. I think when you have those opportunities to ever be face-to-face with somebody, again, that's why it's so important to be authentic, be who you are, Mm. appreciate what they're doing. And that's all about what we talk about on this podcast is inspiration. If you find something that you're inspired by in an individual, make sure that you make them aware of that because Mm. that will open the doors to good networking. The only way to have a bad networking conversation, unless something is happening with the person you're talking to, I would say is to be inauthentic or be rude or something. They're typically very positive interactions. And as you go out to network, you'll get a lot of nothing. You'll get a lot of people on LinkedIn, et cetera, who don't respond. But that's the worst case scenario is they Mm -hmm. just don't write back. Totally. Because they're busy or they didn't check it or whatever. It it rarely has anything to do with you. Yeah. I mean, nothing to lose in that. Right. So next question for you, Dan. Mm -hmm. Can you share a memorable success story from your career coaching experience when it comes to networking? Sure. I can share two from my own experience, actually. And I'm going to be 37 in a few weeks. So understand I've been at this a lot longer than most college students have. This is the NPR story. So (laughs) when I was in grad school, this is like 2015, I think, I was starting to think about options besides the professor track. And I was just looking for something to do in the summer, something to gain some experience in something. And I'd done a bunch of college radio in the past, and an advisor said, talk to the NPR station that's part of Syracuse, WAER, see if they need help with anything. And long story short, several coincidences later, I ended up hosting a primetime music program on Saturday nights which with a ton of space to be creative and expose people to new kinds of music. The most fun I've ever had. Basically, they told me what the rules were, and I followed them once and then broke them serially, and they loved it anyway. So that was fantastic. The PMI involvement as well, I had just been trying to learn about the field of project management, and a pretty random LinkedIn connection, actually with a Syracuse alum, led me to check out the Northern Utah chapter of Project Management Institute, PMI. And so when I called, I got the chapter president on the phone, and she basically immediately asked me to join the board of directors as the vice president of volunteers. There was some alignment with my interests, which helped, but really both of these stories are just reaching out with no real expectations, just to see what happens, and honestly, Being in the right place at the right time where somebody has a need and you happen to walk in the door at the moment and then you get to fill it and you get all the benefits of that. 
it's not predictable. It's kind of a numbers game. So you put out dozens and dozens of little feelers that will go nowhere. But eventually, if you keep doing it, the stars align. It takes time, but that's how it goes. You're so right about being in the right place at the right time. I mean, that is so much a part of it as well, which in a lot of ways is luck. In a lot of ways, it's strategizing. Mm -hmm. But I think that is an important piece that you mentioned. Some of these are very structured opportunities, like our career fairs that are coming up in a few weeks. These are prime networking opportunities. They're a little more formalized, and there's a little more strategy and rehearsal that goes into it. But we can certainly help you with that at Career Success. We can set you up for a, a successful experience there. Totally. Yeah. Lots of employers. Great examples with some of those events. So next question for you. Mm -hmm. What's a quote from a person or publication that resonates with you and your coaching philosophies? Well, I have to go, go with Henry Hill. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> Just kidding. So I'm from Jersey. I have to do it. So um, seriously, where I always end up back is my college courses on existentialist philosophy, particularly um, Heidegger and Kierkegaard. Heidegger is extremely problematic figure. That's another story. Both of their philosophies, they start in what seems like a gloomy place. They start in the ways that our lives are limited by time, by chance, by what we don't know, can't predict, and the influence of community norms and expectations on our goals. But instead of giving up on them, both of them were inspired to say, this is it. This is your shot. This is your time. So really put in the work to find out who you are and let that be your compass. You have something unique to become and to give back to the world. So do it. I mean, equally, they both say it's never perfect. Heidegger says we're thrown into this world with no instruction manual, so to speak. And Kierkegaard says we're making our decisions over 70,000 fathoms of water, basically with a big unknown. Life is unpredictable, setbacks are inevitable, and time is limited, but that's not a reason to quit. It's, it's just the opposite. It's a reason to give it everything you've got. As a religion scholar, I have to add that this is a modern European way of looking at the world. It's an individualist way of looking at the world. It may not make sense for everyone in every culture, but it's where I'm coming from. No, but I, I love that too, because mm. I mean, there's just so many opportunities out there. Mm. While it can be overwhelming, while it can seem like chaos in some ways, that's not a reason to give up. Something is going to fall in the right place. It's going to happen for a reason. What well, is chaos? I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I could go way down an existential rabbit hole here, but um, <laughs> it is chaos. But if you keep stepping into it and you just get out there in the churn of things with a little bit of strategy going on, eventually you run into stuff. Stay tuned for part two of this conversation and tune in next episode for the first hot topic of the season, career investment. Learn how to invest your time, money, and energy when it comes to designing your ideal career. Follow the Inspire podcast on Instagram at Inspire by Cameron to stay up to date on all the latest episodes and content. Thanks for listening.